Hello my friends, how's it going? It's New Year's Eve and today's video topic is about Jimi Hendrix and mind control. I want to get right to the point. You know, I started this video and I got a couple minutes in and just deleted it and walked out. I was like, you know, I just get way too off track sometimes, but uh, it's because this sub subject has so many facets. Uh, so it's New Year's Eve afternoon and um, 2019 and uh, first off Jimi Hendrix is a hero of mine when I was 16 years old I discovered uh, uh, Are You Experienced the album and uh, let's just say I fell in love and uh, when LSD entered my life there was a cross reference there that some moments of clarity listening to his music but the thing about Jimmy is you know, he's the only musician I've ever read his autobiography, or biography, rather. I don't recall if he wrote it, because it was a long time ago. I don't think he did. Uh, I he passed. He died in 1970, September 18th, 1970, to be precise. And a lot of people who don't know Jimmy, and even those who do, may think that he died of an overdose, or he died from choking on his own vomit, uh, <clears throat> which is... What the uh, there are many conflicting reasons as to why he died, and I really don't want to get into whether or not he was killed, uh, because it's a subject that you can decide for yourself at the end of this video. Um, I found yesterday before I made this video my Jimmy shirt. Jimmy's like you know calling to me from the bottom of an, of an old shirt bin when I was cleaning up, and uh, I was like I'll wear that when I'm making it. You know um, I'm a I've got this box set right here, the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Uh, it's a huge, thick, velvet, you know, box set with like eight or nine records in there. Phenomenal set. And um, I just thought I'd show y'all because it's so beautiful. Let me see. There's eight. <clears throat> and uh, so here's where I'm coming from on this. Now, Jimmy, he had a pretty crazy life. And like many musicians, you know, it's hard enough just being a musician without worrying about whether the FBI is harassing you or telling you to kill yourself or threatening to kill you, which is something that the FBI has been known to do. Now, before I go further on Jimmy, I'd like to say it's not a conspiracy or some kind of a, you know, a dark secret that, that, that has no evidence. Uh, COINTELPRO was a program from 1956, I believe, until 1971. That was, you know, officially it was closed in 1971 once they got too much heat. But COINTELPRO simply stands for Counterintelligence Program. And it was an FBI program designed to subdue any type of uh, anti-war efforts or any type of anybody who may be a protester, to infiltrate groups, and most notably, to harass and try to deport even, you know, uh, musicians which had anti-war messages in their music. They were considered huge threats. And this wasn't just about the war. This went back before then. Even Elvis was investigated. Duke Ellington uh, some of the earliest jazzy musicians were constantly harassed and arrested and put in prison over things that they may have not even done in order to silence their voices because 
people didn't want to hear them. Uh, the the government didn't want the people to get excited. What to dance to know what was going on? I mean, in the earliest days, it was just about having fun, but the music eventually became very anti-government and uh, very anti-war. And during the Nixon administration and the Hoover administration, it, all of the presidents through that whole, you know, for decades were totally cool with harassing musicians and actors and basically uh, what you would call a, uh, <laughs> a manufactured reality for this country. Now, one note is that Hollywood is much easier to control than a musician because anybody can pick up a guitar and sing a song about war. Uh, making a movie was a little more expensive back in the day, and things have changed today. We Anybody can put out their information. But we'll get to that. I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, COINTELPRO, which was the counterintelligence program, was designed specifically to stop communism in America. When they realized they didn't have a lot of communism to deal with, they ended up turning on American citizens who they believed would incite any type of riots or violence or rebellion against the government. If this sounds familiar, it's because uh, the fear of communism merely became the fear of terrorism, and the same way the FBI is incompetent today because they had all these funds to stop terrorism, and they realized there's not a lot of terrorism in this country to stop. So they started working on internal groups and declaring groups like, say, ICP fans as, uh, you know, potential terrorists, which was an actual thing. And the FBI was sued twice by ICP, or Insane Clown Posse. Um, <clears throat> let me give you a little background on COINTELPRO. And this has been released in documents. These have been, a lot of the information's redacted, but uh, from the Freedom of Information Act, as well as the FBI offices that were raided in 1970 by a group of nine people, uh, a lot of this information came out. Malcolm X, MLK, they were sent letters telling them to kill themselves. MLK was sent a letter uh, saying that, that uh, an anonymous letter saying that they had sexual recordings of sexual indiscretions and they would release them unless they killed themselves. They said, kill your filthy self. And you can look up the letters yourself if, you, if you're interested in it, because I'm not going to go into detail here. But um, many of these uh, freedom movement leaders, whether they be for, you know, worker rights or, uh, you know, black rights, whatever it might be, uh, they were constantly harassed by their own government and sent letters. There were people who were hired to merely write anonymous letters to famous people telling them to kill themselves. This is your own government, right? And uh, it's disgusting, but it goes so much deeper than that. Um, they called them the new left, anybody who was against the government. And you will call them a dissident, and I want to I want to get to this. What is a dissident? A dissident, by definition, is one who resists or rebels against an authoritarian gov or a govern governing body that they disagree with, which is exactly what people have been doing in this country when they see something wrong. However, somehow half of the American population has been turned against its own people, its own heroes. The people who are actually fighting to bring soldiers home were considered traitors and communists. The people who were pointing at the hippies and calling, and people who today can say, oh, the 60s people protesting the war were just, you know, they were communists. It's comp You're a fool to think that. The, the idea that any soldier should have been in Vietnam, 
I mean, the wool was pulled over the American people's eyes, but today we know that we shouldn't have been there. Just like we know we shouldn't have been in Iran, in Iraq, or anywhere else we've been, Afghanistan, that we really have no place sending our soldiers to fight and die, um, unless, you know, we are directly threatened. So um, anybody who spoke this truth was basically marginalized and ridiculed, as they are today. People like Snowden, who a lot of Americans still think he's a traitor. If you ask the average American, what do you think about Edward Snowden? A lot of people just think he's a traitor. But here's a guy who gave up his life in order, regardless of what you think about the guy personally, to tell the American people, hey, your own government is watching you. And some of the things revealed are pretty disturbing. Did you know that in the Bush era, after 9-11, there was an article we, my wife and I were talking about it the other day. They had an actually sent FBI agents into sewing circles to see if these old ladies were talking bad about the government. It goes so deep. They infiltrate so many groups that I'm likely on a list for even talking about it right now. So if there's an FBI agent out there watching this, hey, you know, hi. It, you would be very surprised to know how deep this goes, but it's almost like a joke. It's a circus. The amount of money that my taxes go to pay for these guys to sit on their asses and watch us, the people, right? And the musicians were a huge target because they had a lot of influence. And um, this all started in 1970. There was, or 1971, there was a, uh, a place called Media Pennsylvania. And a group of nine people, they spent months casing this FBI office, broke in, stole all these files, which revealed all this information. They sent it all out to the different news organizations. Now, many of them refused to publish, but eventually, what what news agency can resist publishing something so juicy, right? So they did. And um, <clears throat> you know, regardless of whether you agree or not with releasing those papers, you must agree with the First Amendment, which says that any musician, actor, human being, anyone is able to say what they choose and express how they feel. And the fact that American public has been targeted for how they feel, um, it should piss everybody off. But there's really very little you can do about it. Even today, the FBI is completely out of control. Um, they're completely incompetent. It's one of the few things I can agree with, uh, with some of the other politicians who are screaming about the problems in the FBI. Uh, I read an article a while back about how they said in the FBI office they don't have the TVs on anymore because they said that the news is always talking bad about them and it makes them feel bad and breaks their spirit. You know what? Fuck you. If it breaks your spirit, then do your job right. You know, if you're an FBI agent who's investigating your own people in your own country just for speaking their minds, an anti-war protester, then you, you are failing. You are failing to do your job, which is to work for the people. And this is the problem. FBI, NSA, CIA, they've all gone way beyond their powers. They are all completely, it's not that they're incompetent, it's that they're incompetent at doing their jobs the way the people want them to. And following around musicians, harassing musicians, and perhaps even killing them. Um, or at least, at the very least, the evidence shows that they've told them to kill themselves. And there have been a lot of suicides in the mu musical world, right? So it makes you wonder. But the 2001 Patriot Act basically gave 
you know, the government all the permission they needed to do whatever they choose to investigate any one of us for just being humans, even if we have, you know, nothing to say, nothing that would be held against us whatsoever. All of us have a file on us. It's just a digital file now. So um, back in the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, they were infiltrating colleges. And to this day, they still have CIA and um, uh, FBI operatives that are posing as students in these colleges, um, always keeping an eye on what's going on, who the smartest kids are, um, making sure that we're not getting ourselves into trouble you know, things like that. And if you have something negative to say about them in the media, they might have something to say about you too. So <clears throat> they all infil infiltrate protests. Uh, most of the time when a protest turns nasty and a group of people start attacking and burning cars or whatever it might be, a lot of these people really are paid. It's just that they're not paid by some right or left-wing activist group. They're paid for by probably the FBI or the CIA. And if you doubt that, you might want to think again. Um, they have unlimited funds to stop these things. And they have tried to stop people from congregating for the longest time. This is why you have to get a permit to, you know, have a group of even three or more people. Um, I mean, we have been suppressed for so long. And, you know, throw people a cell phone and shut them up, right? And they just don't, they don't care. Well, recently there have been issues that where this has come more to light. There was a guy, his name was Aaron Swartz, and he recently, he's a journalist, or he was, he killed himself uh, at 26 years old. I believe he was into coding originally in school, and he got older, he got into journalism in his 20s and began doing kind of activism type journalism. And there's a long story about it, but he was threatened and harassed by the government, basically. He was watched. And uh, I think he was in MIT is where he was at. And um, he had access to what they call the JSTOR files, the JSTOR files, which is a huge database online, which he had permission to access. But the FBI found a way, a loophole, and said they tried to charge him with computers fraud because he was downloading the files too fast, they said. To, and even the company, the JSTOR group, said they didn't think that, you know, he should be prosecuted for that, you know, but they found the loophole any way they could bust him, harassed him, made his life miserable, tried to ruin his marriage. They tried to ruin people's, you know, careers. Um, and eventually he killed himself. And the going theory is that, you know, he was basically intimidated and threatened to the point where he just couldn't handle it anymore. And this is unfortunate because we live... <laughs> you know, in a free society, but we all know better. Um, it, like I said, in the first, it was the communism fears, then it's the terrorism fears. It's always going to be something, whether it be aliens next. We, you know, it's, it, it's, they hate protesters. They hate anybody who congregates in a group and wants to stand up for what they believe true. And one of the most unfortunate things that a lot of folks overlook over the past 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, is in the movies and in Hollywood. If you really look and think about the cop shows, how many fucking cop dramas are out there, right? Now think about it. The cops are always breaking the laws. They're breaking the laws that the people vote for, that the people set. And they're celebrated for it. They can't get a confession from a guy, so what do they do? They beat the shit out of him in the interrogation room. 
And this is a regular thing on these cop shows. It's just, I absolutely abhor them. I hate cop shows more than anything. They always make the cops look like the guys who can break the law because they just need to get that case. Well, how many cases are, have been shown today to be people who confess to things they never even did, you know, just to get a bust, just to make yourself look good? And in other words, the system is completely broken. We know this, but it's unfortunate. You know, Jimi Hendrix said, and this is my favorite quote from him. He said, when the power of love overcomes the love of power, the world will be at peace. Some half-assed wannabe guru dude took that quote and put it in his book in the 80s or 90s and stuff. And so some people attribute it to him. But as far as I know, it's a Hendrix quote. And um, he went through enough crap with the record talents, uh, the leeches in the record industry, and the way they already annihilate these musicians. Um, he had this guy, uh, what was it, Michael Jeffries, and he convinced, you know, uh, convinced Jimmy to only take like a three percent cut, whereas uh, he, Jeffries was getting like a sixty percent cut of the profits. And he took all Jimmy's money and put it in this offshore account, saying it was for him. But then Jimmy never saw it. Um, uh, then he got busted for heroin once at the uh, airport, and he didn't even do heroin. So the theory was that he was set up by his own manager in order to bail him out and make it look like he needed the guy. It's a crazy, crazy long story, but it's just one story of how people are taken advantage of by their own people. The people that should be going to jail, the people that should be in prison, the people who are screwing people over are completely ignored for the guy who's talking bad about the war, you know. Interesting fact is Jimmy wrote a song with someone else, and it was called The Ballad of Jimmy, and it was about his own death. And uh, there's an interesting story where he told a friend of his that he saw himself dying choking on a grape, and it was only a couple of years later that he actually did die. And um, he was convinced he wasn't going to live, you know. And it makes you wonder, is this like this predictive kind of... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to get too far off track because I could go on and on about this. It's just a fascinating subject. But um, the FBI, uh, they, it's not just, you know, these 60s musicians. Uh, they followed the NWA was threatened with letters from the FBI. And uh, they basically said, well, fuck the police. We'll say what we want. Right. And they did. Uh, but <clears throat> Elvis was considered a threat to national security and was watched by the FBI. And, um, yeah, <laughs> John Lennon was another one of them, of course. Um, insane Clown Posse, as I mentioned. Duke Ellington, even back in 1938, you know, was considered a threat because he was a black jazz musician. Um, this is our government deciding who's a danger. And, of course, I would be amiss to not, you know, say Jim Morrison and Jerry Garcia, the counterculture, you know, some of the counterculture leaders, which uh, were a huge threat to them. And it's fascinating to me. And I guess the main point to it is that your voice, you can say a lot. And in today's world, you can say a hell of a lot more. And you will be censored. And you will be pushed out. And you, your voice will be marginalized if you have something intense to say. It's always been that way. It has nothing to, it's not a new thing with just YouTube censoring us or Google censoring us. Censorship has been with us the whole time. 
and the people have been told what they can and can't say. So the FBI has failed, as far as I'm concerned, with all the infighting, uh, and not just within their group, but when you, when you when we start to learn that the FBI and the local police forces and the CIA are always in these, not in cahoots or even working together, but rather in competition, and um, you wonder, how are we doing, you know? I really wanted to go into the whole MK Ultra aspect of this because there's a mind control program called MK Ultra which was used on American people, Canadian people, people around the world without their consent using LSD, uh, phenobarbital, barbiturates um which a lot of the people who died, a lot of these counterculture leaders died with uh, barbiturates in their system and it, it leads you to wonder even though they were popular back then LSD was a very popular substance, but it was brought by our government. It was brought as a way to do tests on the people to see if you could brainwash them. In fact, if you're curious about that, look up the Canadian hospital. I cannot recall the name of it, but there was a uh, a whole bunch of patients. You know, It was just one of many of these MK Ultra programs where they would... Um, put people in these psych, you know, psych wards, basically, and uh, give them huge doses of LSD for months on end and electroshock and try to basically wipe their minds to see if you could reprogram people. Um, It's kind of like they do in uh, North Korea right now, if you will, but, you know, our own government was doing it to their people. And these papers come out. We find out that in past decades, the people have been I could go on and on about all the government programs where they sprayed their own populations or did tests on their own cities. But uh, really, what does it matter? When Americans are fighting back and forth among whether you're a liberal or a fucking conservative or whether you're going to complain because, you know, your neighbor listens to a different kind of music than you do or this person's a traitor, you're a communist or, oh, it's the Jews... Oh, it's all the Jews. You don't realize that it's your own government that's been the problem the whole time. And um, I don't know what else to say about that. It just frustrates me to no end that people are so fucking ignorant that they want to fight amongst themselves and people who are actually in their own communities and that really just want change, that people buy into the propaganda that they're fed consistently. And it is their fault. It's your own fault if you believe the propaganda, if you're willing to fight with your fellow man about such mundane things as your political affiliation, or whether you have long hair, or whether you color what color of skin you have, or even whether you're a man or a woman. You know, as long as people are distracted, nothing will ever change. And those are my thoughts on New Year's Eve. Be well, my friends. I'll talk to you soon.